everybody and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today we have an episode for you from a talk Hallie gave about how to hire an assistant to force multiply your business. Whether you're looking to hire an executive or a personal assistant or a chief of staff, Hallie discusses getting clear on the role you might need to hire for and shares tips and tricks for finding your force multiplier. This is a great episode for leaders or force multipliers who are looking to hire a talented assistant this year. To keep up to date with bonus content and new episodes, make sure to subscribe and let us know what you think about the show by dropping a review. Thanks for listening. You're going to hear me say the term force multiplier a lot. I do mean generally assistant, but I also think that it's more its more than what we may generally think of as an assistant. So to me, a force multiplier is a strategic business partner who helps a leader build and run a wildly successful business. It's really that leader's right-hand person. It does often come in the form of a personal assistant, an executive assistant, or a chief of staff. Obviously, titles vary widely across industries. Um, however, that's typically what I see in those force multiplier roles. They manage the executive's priorities and ensure that their vision is communicated and executed. Um, that's very vague and it covers a lot of things, but we're going to dive into what some of those are. Um, and then this is individual is someone who maximizes and extends the executive's reach and influence. So I always like to say, like there is a there is a place in any organization for an administrator no question. And that's what I did in the beginning of my career. I still do pieces of that in my role today, some administrative tasks, but really I believe this force multiplier is that, again, that right-hand strategic partner who might help on out on ops, who might be helping you hiring, who may be helping you with strategy, who is helping you with business plans. It's, again, that person who is your thought partner in developing a really successful organization. It helps you accelerate your growth when you're both working on your strengths. Which brings me to my point. If you are a leader on this call, the first thing that you need to do is really identify who it is that you're looking for. Again, that term assistant or even force multiplier can be quite broad, um, or I just need help. Sometimes I hear that I need help, I need leverage, but what does that actually mean? These, these positions are different and you need to first identify who it is that you're looking for so that you can actually accurately recruit for that position or for that person. So again, these are kind of some of the typical positions I see when a founder comes to me and says, I need to, to make a, a hire, I need my force multiplier. Um, so again, depending on the industry, or, or the organization, it might look a little different, but we generally see we have an executive assistant, personal assistant, administrative assistant, operations manager, or a chief of staff. I'm going to go over what these look like briefly. I'm actually wondering if I had a more specific, I don't, but um, I do have job descriptions for many of these on our website. So you can grab those and kind of take uh, a look at some of the basic responsibilities in each role, but I'll give you a really quick rundown. An executive assistant is the individual who and I, and I really hate making these general statements because there's sometimes an EA is operating as a chief of staff, sometimes an ops manager is operating as a personal assistant. It's very fluid. But if these all these positions were to operate and exist within one organization, this is how I see the, the roles being divided up. So an executive assistant is somebody who's going to be managing the day-to-day -day of the executive. Uh, sometimes an EA might be supporting two executives. Um, oftentimes I see one, maybe two. Rarely three, um, but this person is doing, again, all of that urgent, but very important 
work that needs to happen within the organization. Um, calendar management, meeting prep, extensive travel planning, event planning, event management. Um, a lot of research goes into that role. Um, being the, the face and the voice for anything coming into the executive office or to the office of the CEO. I like to say that an executive assistant really lives in the now. They might be working on some future projects, but even those future projects might be within the next couple of months, rearranging schedules, very extensive meeting planning sometimes, um, and, re and being reactive to whatever the needs of the executive are that day, although really great executive assistants, of course, are incredibly proactive. The personal assistant also lives a bit more in the now and is handling um, the personal side of that executive. So again, an EA may be doing, maybe also operating as a personal assistant. However, if you're an executive assistant on this call and you're looking for your next piece point of leverage, maybe you need to go hire a personal assistant that works side by side with you to manage your executive. So again, a personal assistant would be doing things like running personal errands, maybe doing personal travel or more personal travel heavy. They might be helping out, um, being uh, helping out as a house manager, especially if the individual has multiple properties. They may be, um, again, doing uh, more personal errands, setting personal doctor's appointments, and that sort of immediate things to help take care of the executive's personal life, liaising a lot with a partner or spouse. Um, an administrative assistant often handles more of the office um, rather than just an individual executive. They could be supporting that executive to a certain degree, but they may be um, supporting multiple leaders on a lighter basis, on a less in-depth basis. And they also might be uh, managing the office. They might be handling databases or again, doing office management. Um, again, depending on the industry, the, the, the work can look like a variety of different things. Um, but again, they're more supporting the team or the company rather than the individual. An operations manager, it's, it's like what it sounds, um, sounds like they are handling the operations, again, of the organization, not necessarily of the executive. So um, an executive assistant, personal assistant, and chief of staff, which is why I call those the force multipliers for the executive, is because they are the work they do is directly impacting the executive's ability to fulfill their role as a leader. And then by extension, that fulfills the goals of the organization. It's really the opposite for an operations manager or an administrative assistant. They're really, um, they're focused on the goals of the organization as a whole and maybe the, their team as a whole. And then by extension, it helps the executive. Um, operations managers might um, oversee a division or a department they are likely reporting to another director or a VP who is then reporting to the CEO or the founder of the organization. And then a chief of staff is an individual who uh, kind of floats between all of these things and does all of these things and yet none of these things. So um, a chief of staff is similar to the executive assistant in that they're focused on the, the principle of the organization. Their focus is again, on maximizing their reach, extending their influence, making sure their goals and objectives are carried out throughout the organization. Um, and unlike the executive, instead of focusing so much on the now, they are usually focused, I say at least 90 days, if not 12 months, 18 months, 24 months and beyond focused. So they're focused more on uh, long-term strategy, long-term planning, um, strategic business initiatives, special projects, 
um, a new business development, maybe starting another company, starting a nonprofit. So they're working, working really on the future plans and projects, as well as future growth. And an executive assistant is supporting the executive from that day-to-day -day now perspective. I think a perfect executive office has all three of those individuals. You've got your CEO, your chief of staff, and an executive assistant. I know that can't always be true in a smaller organization, but um, long-term, you could move in that direction. So first, getting very, very clear on who you're looking for is the first step to then going out and making that hire. Um, really, without that clarity, you may uh, decide to, and I see this often, you might be posting for an executive assistant when what you're actually looking for is an operations manager, and it just wastes your time and potentially the candidate's time if you're not clear on who it is that you actually need. Same with personal assistant versus chief of staff. Chief of staff is a really sexy title right now in the corporate world. However, if what you're really looking for is for, is for a personal assistant, you're just going to be banging your head against the wall, not getting the correct candidates. All right, here are some uh, things that I think that you should look for in a force multiplier when you are going about hiring. Obviously, you want that. I mean, you'd like them to have some sort of experience, but here are a few more of like the more intangible qualities that you want to be looking for when you're reviewing resumes, when you're getting people referred to you, when you are searching on LinkedIn, um, and really looking for that candidate who is going to be alongside you as a leader. So, should be looking for a driver, somebody who takes initiative and always get examples when you are interviewing. Once you actually have somebody in front of you, make sure you're getting examples of where they have taken that initiative and are driving, have driven a project or even a company forward. Um, making sure that they're not afraid to try new ideas or take calculated risks as somebody who works with a very entrepreneurial founder. Well, all, all founders are generally entrepreneurial, um, but who works with a founder they have a million ideas, especially if they're a visionary. And uh, while it's important that your force multiplier challenges your thinking and is willing to tell you no, it's also uh, important for once you've had the conversation, you've decided and committed that they're able to uh, take that risk with you and not be afraid of it. Again, somebody who challenges your thinking, you do not need somebody next to you who tells you yes all the time. You may think that's what you want, but ultimately it does a disservice to both yourself and the organization. You do want somebody who can bring a different perspective to the table, who questions um, why you may be making a certain decision um, or uh, challenging the implications of that decision that you did make so that you, again, are always elevating your thinking and your force multiplier is in theory elevating their thinking as well. You would, you, I believe you need a, someone who is a strategic thinker, a critical thinker, and who is a creative problem solver. We're in business. Things change constantly, especially if you're in a very innovative industry. You need to be ahead of everybody else. Um, so having somebody by your side who is thinking that way, too, is important. Obviously, someone who is incredibly resourceful because you never know what's going to be um, coming at you from day to day. Having exceptional written and oral communication skills, I think, is very important. I don't necessarily think that means they need to be a master public speaker. However, I do think that means that when they're with their team or if they're in front of the, a board, they do need to be able to communicate well in those settings. Maybe they're not going to be the one to stand up in front of 10,000 people and give a keynote speech, but they do need to be able to um, have enough written and oral communication skills to be able to make sure your vision is communicated very clearly and then action gets taken. Um, somebody who is a generalist, an adaptable 
learning based and growth mind and growth minded. All of this really just means that they they are hungry to learn. They're willing to take what they learn and implement it, and they can adapt as needed based off of the current market, the current environment. Obviously, we had to, we saw that a ton in the past year and a half due to the pandemic. Um, somebody who is not particularly growth minded or adaptable may not have fared as well. Um, again, somebody who has zero ego, you really, your executive assistant or chief of staff, you really want to make sure is somebody who wants to lead from beside you or behind you. Um, you, they don't need to be the face of the organization. They don't need the one who, they don't need to be the one who takes all of the credit. Um, in fact, if you have that person next to you, it could become a, a conflict. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not a leader and it doesn't mean that they don't get acknowledged. It just means that they do it in a different way than, um, the visionary might, um, so they also need to have influential leadership skills. They don't always have the title to back up the leader, their, uh, their leadership. So they need to actually make sure that they can lead through their influence and their ability to bring teams together to build consensus and translate that into action. I mentioned that previously, um, as well as having that distinct viewpoint and being unafraid to bring difficult conversations and issues to light. I think that's such a, a critical component of having a, an EA or chief of staff by your side. They're the one, they, they're a little bit of your eyes and ears of the organization. They often hear things before you do. It doesn't mean gossiping. And that's why you need to have somebody who is, um, has good judgment as well next to you. Um, because it's not gossip. It's understanding how to filter the gossip from the actual issues that are going on in the organization and bringing those to your attention or to someone else's attention in the company. And along and along with that, having a distinct viewpoint on issues. Um, I know we often teach executive assistants or even just staff members when you have a when there's a challenge, bring a solution to the table. Um, I also encourage them to bring you know bring your two or three solutions to the table that the executive is going to make a decision on, but also share which one you think is right. Um, and so that's just that little extra that I would look for when you're hiring somebody. Obviously, being fat. I shouldn't say obviously. Not all organizations are super fast paced. If that's not your, if that's not your style, then don't hire a force multiplier who wants to be super fast paced. But in general, I think being fast paced, having a high sense of urgency and responsiveness is important in this role. And then this one, Adam and I discuss regularly um, about not being offended by the way you work. And I always like the little to say the little caveat. I'm not advocating for leaders to be doing anything unethical, immoral. Um, or illegal here. But what I am saying is that, especially if you're the founder of the organization, you do have, or if you're an entrepreneur and you have a small team, you have the luxury of creating the environment that you want. And if you're hiring an executive assistant to work alongside you, they, um, as long as they agree to the expectations and the standards that you set, they can really be whatever other ever standards and expectations are that you want them to be. And so one example is like Adam and I do not discuss weekends. We have no um, need to talk about, uh, to do small talk or hear about people's days. Some people may not like that. Some people crave that sort of connection in order to feel um, good about their work relationship. We don't need that. So we need other people around that us that, don't necessarily need that either. Um, that's just being very self-aware about what you want to, or how you want to operate as a leader and making sure that you set very clear expectations. Um, I just say, just kind of put it all out there when you're hiring, because it just saves time. It saves a lot of time. Okay. I do see some questions coming in. I'll get to that one in a second. Um, so who, 
here's the other big thing. Once you're very self-aware and making sure you're understanding your natural behavior, you really have to get clear on who um, who you have to be in order to attract talent. I talk to a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs who say, I, I need this you know, top talented person and I want them to be this and this and this. Really, they want them to be all of these things I just mentioned. So I would, I would question, are you these things? Are you exhibiting these behaviors of a leader as well? Um, leaders and top talent will want to be surrounded by other leaders and other top talent. So you've got to look at yourself first and make sure that you are walking the walk. Um, so one of the things you can do is making sure you're understanding your natural behavior. There's lots of behavior and personality assessments out there. I think those are great places to start. I never like to look at those and just kind of read them and say, this is exactly who I am. Um, I like to use them as a starting point for self-inquiry. Um, and then let's say you took the disc, the disc profile. So that's a fairly common one. Um, maybe you're a high D, which means you're a driver, you're super direct. Well, that's great. And it's going to be very difficult if you hire somebody who is an S to run alongside you. Um, if they, an S is usually a little bit more st steady, stable. They might, they're very focused on people. Um, I'm a high D and C, but I'm a D. So I'm not particularly people focused. I'm really more about the results and driving that works really well for me and Adam, because he's also a D. So that's just one thing to pay attention to when you're hiring. I also like to say, uh, or always ask, what questions are people currently asking you? This is just a quick little indication of what you're projecting, right or wrong, but perception is reality. So oftentimes, depending on what people, what questions people are asking you, it's really an indication of what you're known for. Um, so for example, people for, well, I was going to say for a long time, but still to this day, often ask me for career advice or I'm looking to hire this person. What do you think about this? Or uh, I need to hire an EA. Where should I go? Awesome. I'm happy to answer all those questions. I can't remember the last time somebody asked me to go out for a drink with them. I wouldn't mind being invited, but that's just not what I'm known for. I'm not known for going out and socializing with other people. Um, and I'm okay with the answer that people come to me for career advice. That's fine with me. However, if you don't like the answer that you're getting, it's time to do a little uh, self-inquiry. And maybe it's time to make a change about where you're spending your time, who you're spending your time with. Um, and what, again, whether it's true or not, perception is reality. Um, are you doing the hard things and sharing your successes or failures? Again, this is about you and who you need to be in order to attract this top force multiplier to accelerate your business. Um, examples of things like that, um, that Adam did. And actually I did recently on a smaller scale is Adam has been competed in Ironmans. That's a very hard thing to do. And we worked on sharing his successes and failures because that attracts a different level of talent that attracts somebody who understands what doing something hard like that actually entails. And we want people who aren't afraid to do hard things in our organization. Um, and I did 75 hard recently. So I also shared that, you know, it, it wasn't, always easy, but people appreciated that. And we're again, going to collectively attract a different level of talent um, who aren't afraid of those types of experiences. How often are you communicating? Well, first, do you even know what your vision, mission, and values are? Start there. They don't have to be perfect. You can kind of try them on and, and try them out and see what feels right. And they do evolve a bit over time, but I would say first work on your, uh, your vision, mission, and values, and then how often are you communicating them? It really should be constantly and everywhere. Um, the, the, best, the best way to hire is, is by having people come to you. And this is how you do it. You be the leader that you 
know you need to be to attract that top talent. You have a very clear mission and vision and you're sharing it. You do hard things and you share that. You create an organization that um, starts to attract those people. And then those people, that high quality talent is then going to attract other high quality talent. Um, but it all, it all starts with you. What are you doing daily to cause others to want to be led by you? I think that's such an interesting question and something that is worth thinking about. Um, are you really showing up every day as a leader that, um, that others want to follow? Would you want to be led by, by you is always a good question. If you, if you had to be led by a leader of your um, stature right now, would you want to be? Or other, is there room for improvement? Personal development, personal professional development. What books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Your output is only going to be as good as your input. So do you have a personal development plan that includes the courses you're taking? Do you have a coach? Again, what books are you reading? Um, what webinars are you taking? But I would challenge you, we're getting to the end of the year. So what does your 2022 growth plan and growth and development plan look like? Do you have those mapped out for the year ahead? And then are you growth-minded and are you constantly increasing your leadership lid, which a lot goes back to that personal and professional development plan. Um, and inc includes other things like regular exercise and what are your daily habits, journaling, meditation, all of these things are what I believe attracts top talent. It's what attracts force multipliers, especially with that um, with the executive and force multiplier relationship you are working you work so hand in hand and I'll say from personal experience as a force multiplier that it would be very difficult for me to well there's two points here one is my success it's not completely dependent on Adam however my, I'm only going to be to, able to grow as much as he's going to be able to as he is able and willing to grow. So at a certain point, if he wasn't continuing to grow and I was, I would have left. Now, thankfully that didn't happen. And he continues to increase his leadership lid, but talent will leave you if you don't continue to up your game. And I just think that's, that's just a fact. So here's where you can find a great force multiplier. So now we kind of know, we, you know, um, you got to start with yourself. You need to know who you are and who you're looking for. We talked a little bit about um, what you might look for in a force multiplier and the best way um, is to attract them. Here are other ways you could find them, but still the best is when you get that LinkedIn message that just says, I really love what your company is, uh, is all about. And uh, do, do you have an EA or I'd love to work with you in some capacity? Do you have any openings? Those, those, are, the, those are the messages I love to get. However, here's some other ways. Um, headhunters and recruiters are obviously a, a, a great option. It's more of the traditional option. Referrals, I think, are really um, a great way to get um, candidates. So obviously from your own employees is a great way to get referrals because you already, especially you're really top, top, top people because they're going to know other top people in the uh, greater industry. Um, you can also work through affiliated partners or like some of your vendor partners. Those they they know enough about your company and your vision or about you to know who might be a good fit for you. LinkedIn groups can be a great source. There's lots of great EA chief of staff and entrepreneur groups out there. Um, so starting to get in there and see who's who's showing up, who's offering great content and insights, and those could potentially be um, a partner for you. Uh, and in addition to the to LinkedIn, social media, this often has to do with you putting yourself out there and making sure your vision is clear, your mission is clear. Um, what are you, and actually along with social media training, 
whether that's on social media or it's a webinar or some other workshop that you're doing in person, if you can do it, that's an amazing hunting ground for talent because you can really watch people and how they show up, even on webinars, who's asking the questions, who seems like they're engaged, um, who's taking notes, who messages you after the class. Those are the people that um, are in one way or another, raising their hand and showing that they're interested in what you're doing. Online job boards, I, that's almost just like a given. You want to you want to cast a wide net. You never know who you could um, get into your world through ZipRecruiter, Indeed, Glassdoor, LinkedIn, any of those job boards. Um, networking events and industry conferences are also great. I know there's not quite as many um, in person as there used to be, but there's still great virtual networking events. Um, um, you know, anybody who, I know you can't see each other on this call right now, but I'm just like, you know, some of these webinars, sometimes just tapping into where, where the talent is. If there's an EA conference, go to an EA conference. Many of them are looking for um, new job opportunities. And I know from personal experience, many of them are, are looking for great leaders because there is a sh shortage of great leadership, I think in our country and world in general. Um, so they're often looking for other opportunities and maybe you might be the right fit for them. And then of course there are some virtual assistant and I don't know if they do any in-person placement. I think it's all virtual right now, but there are staffing companies that are experts in hiring executive assistants or chiefs of staff, and they might have the perfect candidate to partner with you. So Belay is one, there's Vici, delegated.com. There's a new one I heard about called Double. I haven't personally um, dove into that one too much, but that's another option to check out. If you are committed to finding that partner, it's something that you need to practice and you need to, and you probably should start now. Um, finding a really great person, it does not happen overnight. It takes a lot of interviews. It may take a couple of failed hires, um, but that one failed hire is going to get you that much closer to understanding, especially if you've never hired an EA or a chief of staff before one step closer to understanding who you need to have um, in partnership with you. Hey everybody, thanks for listening today. To learn more about how leaders in their assistants can make bigger, better decisions by working together to lead their organizations, check out our book, The Founder in the Force Multiplier on Amazon. You can also listen to a clip of the audio version on our website at founderinforcemultiplier.com slash book. Thousands of people have used our book to help level up their business and careers. Hear what a recent reader had to say. I bought the book in Audible in paperback form. I loved listening to the author's down-to-earth style while making notes in the paperback. Hallie and Adam have shared their roadmap to a successful partnership and for entrepreneurs, SMBs, and their assistants and founders. This book is a must. Thank you for leaving a review, L. Bradley. Check out the Founder and Force Multiplier on Amazon or our website today. And thank you again for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. See you next week for another episode of Business Meets Spirituality.